Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our friends at MyBookie, where you can still use our promo code exclusive to all of you guys out there. It's very simple. Go to MyBookie.ag, use the code UGA, and you will get a 100% bonus on that initial deposit. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. I'm your host, Tyler. And once again, to wrap up the week, I am joined by my co-host, Charlie, for our Picks of the Week episode. We've been giving you guys winners all year long, and the plan is to keep that going today. But Charlie, I know you have all the totals from last week right in front of you, so you want to give us a recap of last week and tell everyone where we stand now through 10 weeks. God, it's hard to believe. 10 weeks of college football. I know. Week 11. Let's go. So for week 10, you were 12 and 5. Wait, can you say that one more time? 12 and 5. What was it? Just for the people in the back? 12 and 5. 12 and 5. Yeah, that's pretty good, Charlie. All right, for the second week in a row, you hit your upset special, and after a long six weeks, you finally ended your parlay drought, hitting on FSU, Duke, UNC, and Washington State on the money line, which was plus 244. So what were your thoughts for last week? Domination, Charlie. Those are my thoughts. Domination on the field for our beloved dogs and domination for me with my bookie. Last two weeks, Charlie, have been my best two weeks of the entire season. And that's not necessarily abnormal. Uh, Usually by this time of the year, I've had a chance to see most of these teams at least once, most of them multiple times. So this is money-making season for me. At the end of the year, I've seen all these teams. I have a better feel for all of them. Not, there's not as much guesswork involved. So this is uh, this is where I uh, I start to kind of kick things into high gear. In the last two weeks, I think have been the start of that. Hopefully the start of things to come here as we wrap up the regular season. Okay. Um, last week, I went 5-4. Five and four, not Over 500? Three. Over 500? Yeah. Take it. It's okay. I'm not upset about it. I don't, I, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, sorry. I mean, I know it's just it's tough to keep up with twelve and five. You know. Well, I went fifteen and five. Yeah, you you killed it. Yeah, you did. Actually, that's that was incredible. So that's actually better than me. Wow. Okay, yeah. you're right. Made me feel great about myself, Charlie. Thanks. Not every weekend can be great, but I'm still over five hundred. I tried, but after hitting my first upset special finally last week, I couldn't make it two in a row, and Vandy let me down. Hey, they played. That was actually not a bad pick. Believe it or not, I actually watched all of that game at least until like the very very end. 
Vandy was in it, Charlie. Like, I was sitting there. I was rooting for you. I was pulling for you to make it two in a row. They gave it a run. At the end of the day, they just made a couple too many turnovers and um, couldn't pull it out. But they, they, they gave a value and effort. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't hit my parlay either. Um, I took a play out of your book, which didn't work for me. I missed one leg on that parlay. Hit on Mississippi State, FSU, and UNC, but Arkansas lost. Your boy so. Sam Pittman let you down. Yeah. Let me down. Liberty. Let mm-hmm. me down. Outgain Liberty pretty significantly and uh, somehow lose by two points at home when they're on a backup quarterback. Yeah, that was um, that was a frustrating game to watch for me to say the least. But hey, there's three games left. The Hawks gotta go two and three for this win total to hit. So I'm a uh, I'm praying for a miracle, Charlie. That's all I can do right now. I'm on my hands and knees praying to God for a miracle. That's where we are right now with the Hogs. All right, are you ready to get started for this? Yeah, I know we got a lot of picks here, so uh, let's let's go ahead. Let's not waste any more time. Let's dive right in. We're gonna start with Mizzou at Tennessee, the number one team in the country. Lost last weekend and couldn't even keep it close in Athens. This weekend, the Vols take on Mizzou at home at twelve. I'm curious to see how Tennessee rebounds after a loss. I don't know. They apparently think that we meant to lose on purpose. I don't know. The, the conspiracy theories coming out of Vol Nation are um, comical, Charlie. Yes. I think how Tennessee plays on Saturday will say a lot about Josh Heupel's coaching. Do they come out and look horrible, or do they rebound and run Mizzou into the ground early and quickly? Um, but Tennessee's defense still just isn't that great. So uh, I think Tennessee will have a slow start. Mizzou may be able to keep up for a little while. They're de- Mizzou's defense is pretty good. They're very good, Charlie. Um, well, I do have a play on this game. Okay, what you got? The spread's 21. It's 21. Right so, now, it's going back and forth, 20, 20 and a half, 21. It's I'm going to take Mizzou, by, Mizzou plus 21. Charlie, um, you know what? You're a pretty smart gal. I love that pick. In fact, I'm also going to take Missouri plus 21. I will admit, I've gone back and forth on this one. And kind of as you mentioned there in your, in your lead-in, Charlie, on one hand, yeah, you can look at Tennessee and say they're angry after last week. They're motivated. They want to make a statement to get back inside that top four and keep their playoff hopes alive. All of that may be true, but on the other hand, the Missouri defense is really good. Is there some, some sort of hangover effect? Can, can Tennessee get up? that high two weeks in a row? I mean, maybe, possibly. They are more talented than Missouri. They're a better team than Missouri. But that Missouri defense, I keep going back to it. They are very good. And that's kind of what flipped my opinion here. I'll be honest, guys. When I first saw this line, I said, oh, give me Tennessee plus 21 like all day long. They're going to kill Missouri. Missouri can't score. That's true. Missouri cannot score. But here's the other thing about Missouri. They also have not lost an SEC game by more than a touchdown all season long. In fact, their four SEC losses are by a combined 18 points. Now, I know Tennessee is very, very tough at home, and they're beating the holy hell out of teams at home outside of Alabama, which they which they barely got by, but they, they won the game. Got to give them credit. But Missouri, again, I go back to the defense. I think Missouri can slow down this ground game enough for Tennessee to keep the to keep the game like within twenty one points. Again, I'm not saying Missouri's going to win. I don't think they're going to win. I, I don't think they really have a shot to win. But twenty one points, based on how Missouri's played all year, I know Tennessee's a different challenge with their offense. But Missouri's a top twenty rush defense. And going back to what Curtis and I were talking about in the recap episode, what was one of the keys for us in, in defending this Tennessee offense? It was shutting down the run game, holding them under 100 yards. Now, obviously, we are better and more talented than Missouri is in their rush defense, but their rush defense has not been quite as productive as ours, but still a top 20 rush defense nationally. I have a ton of respect for Blake Baker, their defensive coordinator. I think he's going to have a plan. I think he saw what we did. Now, will he be able to execute like we were able to last week? Probably not. They don't have those players, but I think he'll have a good enough plan to keep this game within 21 points. Now, all bets are off if 
Brady Cook and the, and the Missouri offense turn the ball over a ton and they just can't sustain any drive, which is very possible because their offense is very bad. But despite how bad their offense has been, they, again, I go back to it. They have not lost an SEC game by more than a touchdown. That is a testament to how good their defense is. So give me Missouri plus 21. Okay, well, we have some big SEC matchups this weekend, and one is LSU at Arkansas. And I say this because I know you, Tyler, have a win total. I'll be watching this one very closely. For Arkansas. Yes. And the season's coming to a close. Yes. LSU now leads the SEC West, and they should continue to lead the SEC West if things play out this weekend in their favor. Sam Pittman and his Hogs lost to Liberty last weekend in embarrassing fashion. So they may be extra motivated to come in and kick some butt this weekend, but it is 11 o'clock local time. I think Sam Pittman generally does a good job of motivating his players and his guys want to play for him, but their defense is pretty bad. It's very bad. And KJ Jefferson played horribly last weekend. Is he playing? He's He's not healthy. He's not 100% healthy, but I mean... By week 11, no one is. They just played, like, it was dumb mistakes that lost that game for them last week. Like, just dumb, 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 dumb things that lost in that game. Well, hopefully he can rebound this weekend. The spread is only three and a half. Um, I'm Are you surprised by that spread? Considering LSU is coming off this big win at Bama, or against Bama. They're now in the lead in the SEC West. Arkansas just lost to Liberty. Are you surprised that it's only three and a half right now? Um, No. I think that tells you what the books actually think about LSU. They don't want to think right, they're that good. Right. Yeah. Um, they're currently five and four for your win total purposes. Yep. Need two more. Two, um, out, of, two out of three, Charlie. And they play LSU, then Ole Miss, and Mizzou yep. left as their opponent. You're gonna need at least one big upset. Um, I'm going to pick Arkansas in my first upset special of the week. Whoa, so I'm Charlie! Taking, I know I shouldn't do it, but I will. So Arkansas over LSU. Well, you're you're spoiling this for me, Charlie. I um I also have Arkansas as my upset special this week. I will readily admit that there is a lot of wishful thinking in this pick, but I also don't think LSU is a dominant football team. I know they beat Alabama last week, and that is a big win for that program. Absolutely. But is LSU also at the point now under Brian Kelly in year one that they're ready to go to beat Alabama and then turn around and just kind of roll their hats on the field the next week and, and be just fine? I don't know. I don't know if the answer is yes because this LSU team has kind of been up and down. Yes, to beat Alabama. Yes, they beat a good Ole Miss team. They won both those games at home. Alabama at home at night in Baton Rouge in Death Valley at Tiger Stadium. This is going to be a different environment. Yeah, it's an early kick, but it's at Arkansas. You're right about Sam Pittman. One thing you'll say about him is he does a fantastic job of motivating those players. I totally agree with you there. They play hard for him. The Hogs are going to be fired up for this game. And Arkansas is so much better than how they played at points this year. They're so much better than how they played against Liberty last week. It was embarrassing. I'm not even an Arkansas fan. I don't care other than I need you to win so I can win some money. But I was embarrassed for them and how poorly they played. They outgained them by 100 or so yards in that game. They still found a way to lose by two points. Just a a really poor effort there. They also had a couple of, of games like that earlier in the year where it's like, did you even like bother to show up? And I, I don't think you're going to see that Arkansas. I thought maybe maybe last week was a little bit of a look-ahead spot for them. Although Liberty was kind of ranked coming in. They only lost one game, so I don't know how you overlooked them. But they did, I, maybe to a degree. I mean, at least that's what I'm telling myself. But I think this is a tricky spot for LSU. Going to Fayetteville here, Arkansas is going to be fired up. LSU coming off that big win. We tend to handle those things pretty well because we've been there. We've done that. This LSU team has not. And LSU has also struggled to stop the run for most of the season. They're dynamic rushing the passer, but Arkansas doesn't throw the ball a ton. They are a downhill physical rushing attack, and I think they have a chance to establish the run game. And think about Arkansas. They are, you're right, Charlie, they are very bad on defense, but it's their pass defense that's bad. Their rush defense has been fine. Not great, but it's been fine. 
And LSU does not throw the ball well at all right now. This is a, a, another team that likes to run the football. That's what this offense is built off of. So I think it's actually a pretty good matchup for Arkansas. They're throwing some wishful thing here at home with LSU coming off the, the big win over Bama. I like the matchup. So you know what? Upset special. Give me Arkansas to win outright. Don't, I don't even need the points. Okay. I'm also going to do take them against the spread. You're taking them against the spread? Well, you yeah. know what? I mean, if I'm, yeah, I might as well throw it in there. I mean, yeah. Yeah. All right, the next matchup includes Vanderbilt traveling to Lexington to take on the Cats. C-A-T-S, Cats, Cats, Cats. Sure, we can do that for one more week, Charlie. (laughs) In one week, that's forbidden. That is against the law. Vanderbilt has won three games this year. Unfortunately, they don't have any SEC wins, and they probably won't get one this year with Kentucky, Florida, and Tennessee left on their schedule. These are the last chance. Uh Uh-huh. I do think Clark Lee has done a great job in just two years, but, I mean, let's be honest, I don't think they can win on Saturday. Um... I would like for them to. I'm not going to say they can't. Highly unlikely. I think this is a game they can win just because Kentucky's offense is so bad right now. Yeah. The Doors may be able to keep it close because Will Levis is turning out to be pretty awful. I mean, his production is just not good at the college level. Uh, But I don't think they'll walk away with a win. But I am going to take them plus 17. 17 and a half. Yep. I'll give you the hook. Give you the hook. I, uh, you know what, Charlie? You know what? At this point in the season, let's take a flyer. I'm 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 rooting for the Commodores to get one here. Vandy plus seventeen and a half. Is this maybe a look ahead spot for Kentucky? Looking looking ahead to hosting Georgia next week? Yeah. Potentially, I don't know, maybe, but crazier things have happened. The Vandy defense is very, very, very bad. They've already given up, given up over four thousand, almost like forty five hundred yards this year. They are terrible. But I also just hate this Kentucky offense. They have very few playmakers to speak of. Chris Rodriguez is a solid running back. They have a couple of really interesting freshman receivers, but they're just very inconsistent. They're up and down. And you mentioned Will Levis, Charlie. I mean, he might have the NFL measurables and tools. He has those. He does. But the production of the college level is average at best. So I think this is a spot. I, the Vandy offense is actually coming around. I mean, they, they've got a quarterback. If he can stay healthy. And A.J. Swan. Ray Davis is a really good SEC running back. Got a couple of guys. Will Shepard, a receiver. Some guys that can make some plays for them on the offensive side of the ball. Now, they're going to have to make some plays against Kentucky. Kentucky's defense statistically is pretty good. I just don't see a ton of like, difference makers on that defense. So, I think Vandy can maybe keep this within a couple touchdowns. So, why not? Let's just take a flyer here. I'm not super confident. This is probably, not probably, it is, just a, a one-unit play for me. But I want some, some rooting interest in this game. So, give me Vandy plus 17.5 at Kentucky. Don't like that Kentucky offense. Okay, well, last weekend, Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers defeated Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide in his first year at LSU. Some have been saying the Saban dynasty is beginning to crumble, and this weekend we'll see if Saban's former offensive coordinator, Lane Kiffin, can get a win at home against the Crimson Tide. Last year, Kiffin went into Tuscaloosa and told everyone to get their popcorn ready, and then they got blown out. Uh, They actually didn't play that poorly in that game. They just went for a fourth down a lot and missed it and... Got game, blown out. Short fields. It ended up getting blown out, but it wasn't yeah. like the actual game itself wasn't as one-sided as the final score would indicate. No adjustments. Yeah. Few adjustments. The Rebels have been playing well this year, but unfortunately lost to LSU, which means they are in second place in the SEC West with LSU leading the division. This was week 11 in the season. We have all heard the commentary on how Bama's defense isn't as great as it used to be and their receivers aren't of the same caliber as in years past. So is this Lane and Juice Kiffin's year to get a win against Grandpa? Well, things you just said about their defense not being as good, the receivers being a step back, that's all true. Is it a year they get the win over Grandpa, Grandpa Saban? I 
don't know if I'm ready to go that far, but I don't, I, I won't dismiss it, you know? So here's what I'm going to say about this game. I actually like, do you have a play on this, by the way? Uh, yes, I do. Who, who are you taking? I'm taking Ole Miss plus 12 and a half. Yeah, I'm also going to, I'm on Ole Miss here. I'm on Ole Miss plus 12 and a half. Now, this is, um, this is a risky bet here. Because traditionally speaking, Bama has been very, very good coming off of outright losses. Like it's like you don't want to play Bama right after a loss. In fact, they are five and zero against the spread coming off a loss and their last five losses, their last five straight up losses. But Bama's also only one in three at Ole Miss against the spread in their last four trips there. Here's the thing with Bama. I I understand what history says about Bama losing and coming back strong and it's destroying teams and ripping your face off. I understand all that, but I'll go back to what I told you guys in the preseason. I don't think this is going to be a vintage Alabama team. That's what I told you guys, and I do not think that it is a vintage Alabama team. I think we're seeing that right now, right in front of our eyes. You know, and, and the big thing about this game is that it's on the road. Bama has not played, Charlie, they have not played well in true road games going back to that that Iron Bowl game to end last season in Auburn, Alabama. They were actually only 3-2 and two in their last five true road games, and two of those three wins were by three points combined. And Charlie, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, this game is not in Tuscaloosa, correct? Correct. So that would count as a road game. Well, road game's been tough for Bama the past year. So this could be a spot, as you said, like maybe, maybe Kiffin finally gets that win over Saban. Can you imagine how insufferable Lane Kiffin would be if he finally beats Nick Saban? I think it'd be pretty great. I mean, it'd be incredible, but imagine this the, the field day he would have with this on social media. In the press conferences, oh, he would eat this up. Oh well, yeah. I, I mean, mean, and I would love every second of it. I would, always, I would love every second. Yeah, of he's it. always talking about grandpa. Yeah, so this is this is actually. I mean, I'm obviously like most of you. I'm gonna be pulling hard for Ole Miss in this game, but this is it's a weird spot because like the, the Bama of old would come in there to Oxford and just take out their frustrations and wipe the floor with Ole Miss. They would straight up flex on them. But this is not the Bama of old. Ole Miss is not as good as Alabama. They're not as talented as Alabama, but they don't have to be. Again, I'm not taking Ole Miss to win outright. I'm rooting for them to win outright, and I don't think it's crazy to, su- to suggest they could win outright. I might even take a little bit of a flyer as an upset special on them. Um, got to think a little bit more on that one. But I don't need them to win. I just need them to cover 12.5 at home, and Bama has struggled on the road away from Tuscaloosa in the past calendar year. So, you know what? Ole Miss has still got their sights set on the uh, on the SEC West title. It's still possible. Now, they, they have the, they've lost the tiebreaker to LSU, but if LSU loses a game, Ole Miss wins out, they are the team that will be playing in Atlanta. So, they have that motivation. Bama, I mean, Charlie, I'm very interested to see how Bama plays in this game because for all practical purposes, they are out of the SEC West conversation. It's not inconceivable that they could win, but there have to be a lot of things that happen to help them get there. It's really out of their hands right now. So I think the the psychological advantage here is probably on Ole Miss's side, which is interesting. So give me Ole Miss in the spot to cover the 12 and a half. I also have one more play on this, Charlie. I also like Ole Miss, Bama under 64 and a half. My rationale is pretty simple. I told you this is not a vintage Alabama team. Why is it not a vintage Alabama team? Because the offense is not a vintage Bama offense. Defense is still really good. They're not dominant, but they're still really good. They, they have coordinator issues right now. They're not extraordinarily well coached. But the Bama offense is struggling. And, you know, it's to the point now where Bryce Young, as good as he is, and he is so good, 
He's so fun to watch. Even he looks very, very human right now because he does not have the receivers to throw to. It's basically him and Jameer Gibbs. That's what is on offense. They need to basically give the ball to Jameer Gibbs, whether they're throwing the ball to him or running the football about every other snap because outside of them, they just do not have playmakers. And also on the other side, Ole Miss is one-dimensional. Bama might not be great defensively. or they're, No, they are great. They're just not like dominant. They're very, very, very good. But they are also at the point, they, they are good enough to stop a one-dimensional offense, which is what Ole Miss is. Ole Miss does not throw the ball well at all. They run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. And Bama is a top three rush defense in the SEC. So I really actually like the under here, Charlie. I know that's kind of counterintuitive. You think Bama, you think Ole Miss, you think points, points, points. I think this game's going to go under that 64 and a half. In the SEC West, Auburn is hosting Texas A&M. And this game may end up being pretty exciting. Even if it is just to watch Cadillac Williams coach the Tigers again this week. It was actually kind of cool watching him. I mean, he was fired up. He pulled a hamstring. Did he actually? I didn't see that, did he? Yeah, he like sprinted down the sideline to call a timeout, and then he was limping. Oh, wow. Holding his hamstring. Look, I hate Auburn. I, I, don't, I don't have any love for Cadillac Williams, but I respect passion, especially passion for your team and your university. And Cadillac Williams at halftime, they were down big in that game. And he gave this kind of just impassioned, like off the cuff, like almost speech to the to the reporter, not even to his team. And I was like, you know what, dude, I'm kind of pulling for you here. All right. Well, Texas A&M also lost at least one recruit this week that I saw. Yep. Did they big lose five star. more than one? No, just one just as one of now, at least publicly. Yeah. Uh, but that's just another week at A&M at this point. This game could get ugly. Uh, the Aggies still haven't scored 30 points this season, and I think it even goes into last season. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't remember yeah. how far back into last season. It goes like to October of last, like late October of last year. So over, over a, a year. year, over a calendar year. Uh, our Auburn is favored by one and a half at home. Um, I'm not picking a side in this one. I'm picking the under of under 49. Under 49. Yeah, I mean these are two offenses that struggle. They really like. Auburn's kind of starting to run the ball better, but they still are not a good offense. You know what, Charlie? I am going to take a side on this. And this is 100% a vibes play for me. These two programs are vibing in different directions. I know their head coach has already been fired. Brian Harson is gone. He's probably in Mexico somewhere chilling. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Do you agree with me there, Charlie? Like, the, all that toxicity. Yeah, that, sometimes you just have to get one person out. Well, in this case, it's like five or six. Yeah. Um, and it can change. But you don't have to answer the same question every week and wonder, is my coach here? Is my coach there? Like, you know now. There's some there's some finale in it. And you also see, like, you saw this team respond to Cadillac Williams last week. Now, he's not going to be, like, their full-time head coach, but they seem to like this guy, love him. He's a young guy, passionate, all those things. And there's just more positive vibes around Auburn than there are Texas A&M right now. A&M, Charlie, I mean, that place, like you said, crumbling. I mean, that's... Those, that's a very apt description. I mean, it's kind of falling apart there around Jimbo Fisher. If it wasn't for his fully guaranteed contract, I mean, his ass to be out the door. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And they're probably still trying to find a way to get him out the door right now. So I think it's a vibes play. It's at home, Jordan Hare. I don't think Auburn is good, but I don't think AM is good. AM has better players, they have more talent, but that hasn't mattered all year long. Like, why is it going to matter in this game? So give me Auburn minus one F. I was really impressed. They were down 21 points, guys, on the road in Starkville last week to a good solid Mississippi State football team and they fought their way back. They clawed their way back and they were they were passionate about it. They could have easily just rolled over and died and quit. Easily. But they didn't. And that showed me something. So I like the vibes here. I know that that's not anything very solid but a just they're a mess right now. What their quarterback situation is going to be, I don't know how many of their players are still suffering from flu symptoms. I don't know. It's probably going to be Connor Wegman at quarterback but this is his first true road start. So give me Auburn minus one and a half. Actually, I'm probably going to put a couple of units on this one, Charlie. I feel pretty good about Auburn in this game. All right. Well, now we have waited this long. So now let's talk about Georgia at Mississippi State. 
feel like we haven't had that many road games this year. And we really, well, I mean, Florida, but that's just one of I mean, we had every two neutral year. side games. You had Missouri. That's South what it was. Carolina. Oregon and Atlanta. That's yeah. why it seems strange. So the dogs are going to take on the West Bizarre Bulldogs. Dogs. Yes, the Western Division Bulldogs. Um, we know there are cowbells there. It's going to be loud. I haven't really heard much about this game. I have been hearing more about Tennessee. Yeah, does that kind of concern you that no one's talking about it? That our players might be coming out kind of sleepwalking through it? No, I don't. I okay. think that the coaching staff I, yeah, will have them ready. Our coaches do a great job of that. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I think that's it's really just, that really has not been a problem for us. But that's just like built into my DNA. I just worry about these things. No, I think it'll be fine. Okay. I think it'll be interesting. Um, I don't know. We'll see if they can. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Sixteen and a half is a spread. Sixteen and a half. 50, yeah. Fifty-two and a half over under the point total. Yeah, that's those are interesting numbers. We've been strong on the under this year. Strong to the under. Well, yeah, because... Well, we're very good on defense, yes. and we had some issues offensively at times when we were trying to figure out what we were trying to do offensively, but we're, we're figuring that out now. Who are you taking? Well, I think Georgia will win. I mean, 16 and a half. I mean, I always say... You hate big spreads. Like you hate big spreads, yes. That's not a big point spread. Compared to... talking like, about, like, 32. I mean, we've, yeah, we've been in the high 20s, 30s for most of the year. Um... Which players are out this week that we know of? I mean, we know Nolan's out for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, I mean, that's basically... Eddie Mitchell's, uh, Mitchell's still out. likely out. We don't know that for sure, but it's unlikely that he'll be a factor in this game. Sure, they'll cover, I guess. 16 and a half? I think, yeah. I think that's a solid play there, Charlie. I mean, you're not going to put on your card, are you? No, never. Yeah. yeah, we don't do that. We don't do that here. Uh, that's for other people. Look, Mississippi State's a good football team, guys. I told you that when we did our, our preview episode. If you haven't checked that out, got a full detailed preview for you guys. We'll give you just a little overview here. I mean, this is a good football team. they got a 30-year starter at quarterback. They have an array of talented wide receivers. They have eight guys with over 200 yards receiving. they got a very good defensive coordinator in Zach Arnett. They are fully capable of pulling the upset at home at night with their illegal artificial noisemakers. But while they might be capable of doing that, which some teams aren't. Like Vanderbilt's not capable of doing that. Missouri was close to capable, but they weren't quite capable. But even though they might be capable, good enough to like maybe do it if we play really poorly, they just aren't as good as we are. They aren't as talented as we are. They don't really match up well with us in this game. I mean, they've given up more than 239 yards rushing and at least five yards per rush in three of the last four games. And one of those games was against Kentucky, who was dead last in the SEC in rushing entering that game. And what have we done lately? As I've been telling you guys for a couple of weeks, we've gone back to our roots, our ground game roots, and the offensive line is getting better and better and better with each and every week. And you also like, what is one of the things that you need to be able to do offensively or just in general if you want to pull the upset against the number one team in the country? Well, you probably need to hit some explosive plays. Well, Missouri or Mississippi State has not been doing that at all this year. In fact, they're one of the least explosive offenses in the entire league. They're dead last in the SEC in plays of 40 or more yards, only three on the year. They're 12th in plays of 30 or more, 10th in plays of 20 or more. So this is not like what you normally think of. It's not the prototype of an air raid Mike Leach type offense. What they have become is the prototype of a ball control offense that churns out long scoring drives. And that works really well against teams with equal or less talent. But when you play teams like Georgia that have superior talent level, it's very difficult to do that consistently enough to score enough points to beat those types of teams. That's why they have trouble beating typically their better teams on their schedule. And and the defenses over the last three weeks that Mississippi State has faced have done a lot of interesting things to really give them issues with new ways to defend them. 
And I fully believe that Mike Leach will adjust eventually. But if you look at Mike Leach historically, like he'll adjust what defenses are doing to him, but it usually takes him an offseason. He, he doesn't really seem to do it within the context of an actual season. Like go back to 2020, where everybody started dropping eight. They had no answers that entire season. We, you fast forward 2021, give them an offseason, and all of a sudden they have some answers and they're doing fine. They had a great year last year, at least. You know, I know their record was only six and six, but they were much better than they were plus thirteen hundred yards in the total yardage margin last year. But I don't know if they have found those adjustments yet this quickly. I mean, they're only averaging two hundred ninety-six yards a game offensively over the last three games, and now we're just supposed to expect them to fix it all against the best defense in the league. I mean, that that's that requires quite the leap of faith. And if you specifically look at what Kentucky did. They used a lot of simulated pressure, kind of mess up their pre-snap reads, which are really big for Mississippi State. And they just simply couldn't handle it. They had no answer for that. And speaking of simulated pressures, we just so happened, Kirby Smart and company just so happened to kind of pioneer that defensively. So I am pretty certain we're going to use that heavily in this game. But I will admit, as I told you guys in the preseason, that this game has all the ingredients of a classic trap game in a potential upset spot. And I, I fully expect... Mississippi State to give us every single thing they've got. Put it out all out there on the line. We get that treatment now. Like people treat us like they've been treating Bama for the past decade. But I'm with you here, Charlie. I, I trust Kirby Smart. I trust this staff. I trust this team to be ready to meet fire with fire and win this football game. In fact, we are 10 and 3 against the spread, Charlie, as a road favorite of 14 or more points since 2019. Mississippi State, on the other hand, is 0-3 against the spread over their last three, and they are 0-6 against the spread in their last six matchups against a top-five team. Again, they just don't beat the best teams on their schedule. Number one, because they don't have the talent. Number two, what they're having to do offensively right now, just kind of like paper cut their way down the field, you can't really consistently do that enough to win games against the better teams on your schedule. In fact, they haven't really been competitive in those games against the better teams on their schedule. Charlie, I also think that we cover this game. You know, I don't put these things on my actual card. I think we probably win this game some like 41-13, 41-17. Does that sound about right to you? That sounds good to me. I want to take the under here. But I'm afraid of the garbage time touchdowns, you know, like like we saw with Tennessee last week. So I would stay away from that, although we have been strong to the under this year. But you know what? 16 and a half on the road. I get it. Tough spot. Cowbells clanging. Illegal artificial noisemakers. But give me the dogs to uh, go in there and uh, pull away in the second half and, uh, and cover this 16 and a half point spread. All right. Well, before well, we move on to the rest of the games on our cards, that's all the SEC games, my bookie... You didn't even need me to remind you, Charlie. Look at this. Again, better at this than you You are. are. Go ahead. Take it away. My bookie helps us provide content for you guys. And while we bet on football, Tyler, I know you also bet on basketball. Basketball season is starting up. And the phone's still going off. That's another opportunity where you can make some money. Maybe I should have some You can still use the promo code UGA. MyBookie.ag. In order to double what your initial deposit is up to $1,000. And it doesn't have to be a lot, guys. If you're comfortable with 50 bucks, cool. That means you have 100 bucks to play with. If you're comfortable with 250 cool. You have 500 bucks to play with. It's really a no-brainer. If, if you want to get involved with this, I would jump on it right now, guys, because this, this deal is not going to last forever. They were kind enough and generous enough to extend it through the entire season after the month of September. But let's take advantage of it while you still can. There's still plenty of football left to be played. You got the rest of the regular season. Got a couple weeks here. Got Commerce Championship Week. You got bowl season. A ton of stuff left to bet on. So make sure to do that again. It's mybookie.ag, promo code UGA. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right. Well, how many picks do you have on your card? Well, I've already given you uh, one. I've given you one, two, three, four, five. Uh, I got about ten or eleven more. Ten or eleven. Okay. Well, I don't have as many this week. I don't. I don't like you didn't love the card last week. I don't love it as much this week. Well, I only have six before we get into upset specials. So okay. You want me to start with a couple? A few, yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, and Charlie, be proud of me. I did organize these by conference once again for you without being asked to. Just letting you know. Just letting you know. Um. Let's go. Uh, Big Twelve. You need some Big Twelve stuff, Charlie. Big Twelve. Yes, Big Twelve. Sure. Picks? I have one. You've got one. Okay, you have a Big 12 pick. I got a couple here. So I'm going to go to Morgantown, West Virginia. Give me Oklahoma minus eight at West Virginia. I wish it was minus seven, but I'll take minus eight here. West Virginia is the worst defense in the entire Big 12. They've also kind of quit. I think Neil Brown's probably dead men walking there as their head coach. I think their players kind of know it. JT Daniels has not really worked out for him because he just has no escapability whatsoever. And their offensive line is not good. He's just... It's tough. It's been tough for their offense. The one thing they have done really well all year is run the football, but their best running back, C.J. Donaldson, he's out for the year. And that hurts them in this game because Oklahoma has been very, very bad against the run. That's one thing they can maybe do at home is kind of run the football in Oklahoma. But I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that with some of the injuries they have at the running back position. Oklahoma is bad on defense. I mean, I have to admit, they're bad on defense, but... I do think they can outscore West Virginia enough to win this one. I just I don't like what I'm seeing for West Virginia. They were playing better early in the year, but now that things are kind of like spiraling out of control, Neil Brown's probably going to be gone. I think they kind of quit, and I think Oklahoma's going to go in there and win this game by probably two plus scores. Okay, give us another one. Another one. Okay, I'm going to go. Uh, let's go. Uh, Stay in the Big Twelve. Let's go. Oklahoma State, Iowa State under forty eight and a half. Spencer Sanders, his status at quarterback for Oklahoma State is still kind of up in the air right now. If he plays, I still don't think he's going to be 100%. If he doesn't play, Rangel, the guy they went with last week, didn't, I mean, he made some plays here and there, but he was highly inconsistent. I just don't believe this Oklahoma State team at all right now. The defense is very, very bad too. So you think, well, why are you taking the under if the defense is bad? Well, I'm taking the under because Iowa State is so bad on offense. Xavier Hutchinson's a really good receiver, but... Their quarterback, Hunter Deckers, is a turnover machine. They cannot run the ball to save their lives. So I think with Sanders probably not playing this game, Iowa State having so many issues on offense all year long, being very one-dimensional, and that one dimension is not very strong itself. I'm going to take the under 48.5. And usually I stay away from under when you're talking about the Big 12, but this one I like. 
Okay, my pick for the Big 12, I only have one. TCU at Texas. Not picking a side here, just going with the under. Yeah, this, I, this, this, this is... T- quarterback, the TCU has been taking out the Max quarterback Duggan. in every well, he might not game be... they've played for the past few weeks. Yeah, they've gotten very lucky with guys getting hurt at the quarterback position, and and that's not the case right now with Texas, with Quinn Ewers being back. Now, Quinn Ewers has not played consistently great, but it's at home, it's at night, it's a tough spot. TCU's dealing with some injuries, their best receiver, probably their best player in the entire team, Quentin Johnson, is very questionable in this game. He got hurt last week. Their quarterback, Max Duggan, has also been he's banged up. He's been banged up. Now, they do have a good backup option. Actually, Max Duggan did not start the season as a starter. Their starter, Chandler Morris, got hurt in week one. Duggan came in, and the rest of history is kind of taking over that job. But if Duggan can't play, Morris is capable. But this is a really, really, really tough spot for TCU. Can you believe it? Like, were you shocked? Here's another spread, Charlie. Seven and a half. TCU's a seven and a half point underdog. They're undefeated. Texas got three losses and they're a seven and a half point dog to Texas. That shock you? Bookies know something we don't know, I well, guess. Well, there's some injuries. There's some serious injuries with, with, with Texas, with um, TCU, and they've they've gotten by the skin of their teeth in some of these games. They've been very fortunate with some injuries, as you mentioned. Texas is playing really good football right now. It's at home at night. I see what they're saying. It's just kind of shocking to see that. A team that's undefeated in the top four of the, of the college playoff rankings, and they're a seven and a half point dog on the road against a team that's lost three games already in the season. But I'm not taking a side on that one because uh, the injury situation, we don't know exactly what the status is of all those guys, so I'm staying away from it. Uh, I got one more in the Big 12. I'm going to go Baylor, Kansas State. I'm going to get back to my Big 12 roots here. Give me Baylor, Kansas State over 52 and a half. And I love this pick. In fact, I might like this pick more than any of my picks on the slate this week. I'm going to go probably three or four units on this one. Baylor has hit the over in six straight games. Or the over has hit in six straight Baylor games. Defensively, they're not as good as they were last year. You can run the ball on them. And what does Kansas State do? Oh yeah, they run the football. So I... I think the over is a really strong play in this one. Baylor, Kansas State, give me over 52 and a half. Okay, well, what... Divi- what? Uh, ACC, I got a couple ACC, ACC picks. Okay, go ahead. I have, right. I have three ACC picks. Okay, I got quite a few as well. So we're strong in the ACC this week. I, hey, Charlie, I made a ton of money off the ACC last week, so let's do that again this week. Uh, I'm going to start my ACC picks in Syracuse, New York. Give me Florida State minus seven on the road in the JWA Wireless Dome is what's going by now, I think. The artist formerly known as the Carrier Dome. Syracuse has had issues stopping the run against good teams, guys. They gave up 539 yards combined on the ground against Clemson and Pitt. Florida State has rushed for 200 or more yards in four straight games. They are running the football extraordinarily well right now. They're running it hard. They're running it physically. they got a, a threat to run the ball at quarterback with Jordan Travis. I, here's something that people don't realize, guys. I know FSU's got, what, three losses on the year? Florida State is almost identical in their yardage margin to Alabama. Florida State is plus 1,600 yards this year. They are far better than what their record tells you they are, and they are getting better and better and better with each week. I know Syracuse has had a nice run this year. They've been a really good story, but I think Florida State's going to go into New York, into Syracuse, and I think they're going to come out of this game with probably a a two-score victory because Garrett Schrader, Syracuse quarterback, might not play again this week, and if he doesn't, or even if he does, is he 100%? Because if he's not, like that messes with their offense. He's a big threat for them to run the football. So I like Florida State big in this. I'm also going to go a couple units on this play. I'm going to take the opposite side of that pick, and I'm taking Syracuse at plus seven. 
Or did you find it at seven? You found it seven. at seven. Yeah, okay. seven. So plus seven. They've been the better team throughout the year, so hopefully that will help them out on Saturday. A little dome Saturday. magic. Yeah. I mean, the dome can, if you don't play in domes ever, that can be a very weird environment to play in. So they've been good this year, right? If Schrader's healthy, which I don't know, but if he is, that might not be a bad picture. I'm going to go Florida State there. I like them in this game. All right, I'm going to stick with the ACC. I'm going to go, ooh, Charlie. This is a gutsy play by me. I don't know if, I don't know. Gutsy might not be the right word. It's probably foolish. I'm going to take Louisville plus seven on the road at Clemson. Is that crazy? Uh, I is mean, Clemson crazy? is not, um, Clemson is not Clemsoning, but they're not, they're not the former Clemson. They're not a vintage Clemson. That's still helping them stay high up in the rankings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. So I, I know that Clemson has lost 38 straight games, or Clemson has won, not lost. They have won 38 straight games at home in Tiger Stadium. I get that. Or Memorial Stadium. I get that. But here's the thing. They've won those games. And you got to give them credit. They won the games. But they haven't necessarily been dominant in those games. They've only gone 17-20-1 against the spread in those 38 straight home wins. Louisville, on the other side, has covered in four straight games. They have gotten a lot better as the season has progressed. They are actually also 5-2 and two as the underdog of seven or more points since 2019. The Clemson defense is still very good. I'm not here to suggest that they're not. They're very good, but they're not as dominant as everyone expected them to be coming into the season. And of course, we know offensively, specifically the quarterback situation, is not ideal. They have issues at the quarterback spot with DJ Oyungale. Maybe they make the move this week to the, to the freshman, Kay Cublin. I don't know. Um, it's just a problem for them right now because I don't think Cublin's ready to be that guy for a full game against a good Louisville football team. And the thing with Clemson is that, I mean, their playoff hopes, Charlie, are almost certainly gone. Like They were almost certainly dashed last week. Do you oh, think that impacts, absolutely. Does yeah. that impact how they come out in this game? It deflates their... Yeah, I think I think it, it hurts her confidence. There, confidence. There's certainly a deflation yeah. factor for sure. And Louisville is it's it, this is another vibes game for me, guys. Louisville, Louisville is just vibing better right now. You know, there's a lot of talk about Scott Satterfield being on the hot seat for a couple of years now. I don't not right now. They are playing really really good football. Malik Cunningham is a dangerous quarterback with the ball in his hands. Whether he's throwing the ball or running the ball, I know this is tricky because like again, Clemson's really really good at home. But I just think Louisville's playing so much better right now. I'm scared of Clemson with coming off that loss and their playoff hopes essentially being gone right now. I don't know. I like Louisville in this game. Not necessarily to win it. Although I wouldn't, I don't think that's insane to suggest, but I, I like Louisville plus seven at home or on the road in, in Death Valley. All right. How many ACC picks do you have? Uh, I got at least one. I got two more. All right. Give us one more. One more. Okay. I got, let's go Pitt minus four at Virginia. I don't have a lot to say on this one because who cares, right? I'm just telling you Pitt's going to cover this because I have been fading Virginia and I'm going to fade Virginia the rest of the season. They have destroyed their offense. Pitt still has one of the best defenses in the ACC. They're not going to offense themselves. But they are just, they're much better defensively than Virginia is. And Virginia's offense since this Pitt defense, I think, has a major mismatch. I think Pitt's going to be able to run their way to a victory here and get away with probably, a, let's say, a 7 to 10 point victory on the road in Charlottesville. All right, my last ACC pick is, no, I have two more. I'm sorry. I miscounted. Okay. Um, UNC at Wake. UNC's been playing pretty well. They've only lost one game. Um, I'm taking UNC plus three and a half. I really want to take the over in this, but it was like 72 or something like that. It's just a yeah, lot of no. points. It's a lot of points. I know both these defenses are bad and both these offenses can put up a lot of points, but I just, I hate going over 70. I hate, I hate putting money down on that. So I'm not going to make a play on the UNC way game. Although I do think that might be one of the games of the day. I'm very excited to actually watch that game. Um, you want to go? You, I got one more in the ACC. I have one more. You can go 
Okay. Uh, give me a... God, I hate this. I, I truly hate myself for doing this. I hate myself. And I kind of want to lose the bet. But I'm trying to give you guys winners. So I'm going to give you this. Give me Georgia Tech. Give me the Jackets. Minus one and a half at home versus Miami. I hate myself. I hate myself, Charlie. But for the third game on the slate today is the Vibes play. Miami is bad, guys. They are not good. Do you think Mario Cristobal is going to be able to turn that around? Like, obviously not this year, but it just... Here's the thing, Charlie. Has not gone well when he did well at Oregon. He's got to establish his culture there. And he's a he's a tough disciplinarian guy. And you know some that can be difficult in in Miami, South Florida. yes, yeah. in South Florida, and the and how they kind of just are allowed to run free and run their mouth and do what Miami always does. It's gonna take some time, and he's a good recruiter. I mean, they have good players. That's the thing. I mean, he'll recruit good players. He needs to get his kind of good players, you know, because as you said, in South Florida, sometimes you have guys that might not be the best fit for your program. And I think right now, that's kind of what he's dealing with. So, uh, speaking of vibes, vibes are not good. And they're just not playing well. I mean, they got run out of their own building by Florida State. And I, I mean, I, I won a lot of money on that game last week, so that was glorious for me to watch. And on the flip side, I hate to say it. I really do. I It gives me no pleasure at all to give Tech any sort of credit. But, I mean, got to be objective. They're, they're playing hard. They're, they're playing much better under Brent Key. Talking about a, a team that knew their head coach was dead man walking. Old Geoff, he's gone, and now all of a sudden you get that weight off your shoulders, and Tech's all of a sudden playing better. They're not good. They're not great at all. They're not good at all, but they're playing better. They're playing harder, and they've won three of the last five games. They beat Duke, who's a good team, guys. Like Duke's, Duke might win eight games this year. Um, they beat Pitt on the road, and they were competitive in a loss to Virginia. And that was when Jeff Sims, like they, they were actually playing one that game. Jeff Sims went out in that game, and Virginia was able to win by, I think, two or three points. Jeff Sims might be back at quarterback in this game. Maybe, maybe. Um, but it doesn't look like Tyler Van Dyke's going to be playing for Miami. He, he went out last week, and he was trying to come back in, and it was it was tough to watch, man, because he would look like he was in bad shape. So at home, Tech's kind of feeling themselves. They're playing better. Miami's got some really bad vibes on the program. They're going to have a backup quarterback, and neither option, whether it's Ja'Curry Brown, whether it's Garcia, neither option has shown me anything this season. They are both terrible. They are not ready. So as bad as Tech is, I think they're playing better than Miami right now. I think they're playing harder than Miami right now. So give me Tech minus one and a half, and I hope I lose this bet, but I want you guys to win some money, so I'm going to give you that pick. All right. Uh, my last ACC pick is Boston College at NC State. This could be a real ugly game. I'm not picking a side here. I'm just taking the under 42. Four, under 42. Yeah, NC State's defense is one of the best in the, in the country, not just the ACC. Boston College, their offensive line is a train wreck. I don't, see how they're, I don't know if they're going to score a point, Charlie. So actually, oh, do I want to steal that? Can I steal it? Sure. Throw it on the card, Charlie. BC, NC State, under 42. NC State's also got a freshman quarterback, MJ Morris, and he's talented, but he's still inconsistent. So I don't think they're going to score enough points to cover that on their own. So I like that. I like that. All right, got a couple more left, Charlie. You want to take a quick break, one last break? Sure. Do you want to tell our, our loyal listeners about our friends at Alumni Hall? Just that the holidays are getting closer and you can find some great grif- gift ideas. Yeah, and Starkville this weekend is going to be in the 30s. Um, at night, so um, that's not great, but it's okay because Alumni Hall hooked me up. I went and got myself some some cold weather gear. Got myself a beanie. You know us follically challenged people. Like we uh, when it's cold, like we gotta we gotta be protected. So I got some protection. Alumni Hall, anything you need, George related, they have you guys covered. Make sure to check them out today, either online at alumnihall.com or in store inside the Epsbridge Shopping Center here in Athens, because Alumni Hall is where the Bulldog shop. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. 
Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, which conference do you want to go to next? I've got, I only have. I have three picks left. I got one in the Big Ten, one in the Pac-12, and one G5. All right. Well, take your pick. I have one in the Big Twelve, Big Ten, and one in the Pac-12. All right. Let's go Big Ten. Let's go. Uh, God, this might be the ugliest game of the entire year, Charlie. Like this might actually like induce people to gouge their own eyes out if you actually try to watch this game. Wisconsin minus one and a half at Iowa. Two carbon copies of each other here. Iowa did the impossible. In some way, somehow, found a way to score 30-plus points two weeks ago at Northwestern. I didn't think it was possible. I did not think it was possible. But my God, they proved me wrong. Way to go, Hawkeyes. But I just think Wisconsin's better. I think they're playing better. Jim Litter has taken over as the interim head coach, and things have turned around. Again, talk about a team that turned things around when you got rid of the head coach. He wasn't necessarily dead man walking. It was kind of a surprise to see them let go of Paul Chris. But Jim Litter has been a guy behind the scenes as a defense coordinator, has been really well-respected for a long time. He's had opportunities to leave Wisconsin, but he loves that place, wanted to stay there. And now he's gotten his chance to be the head coach. And this is basically... Um, this is a trial run for him, and it's gone pretty well. Since he's taken over, they, they've kind of gotten a little bit of a winning streak here. They've won some games, and they've looked much better doing it, and I think this team is rallying behind Jim Leonard. I think Wisconsin just, I think they're, I think they have better players, all right? Now, neither team is overly talented, but I like Brandon Allen at running back. Obviously, both teams at quarterback are, are very, very challenged there. I just, I like Jim Leonard better. I think I was good on defense. I think Wisconsin's better on defense, so give me, I mean, this is going to be an ugly, ugly, ugly game. Give me Wisconsin by... I literally they might win by one and a half points, Charlie. But give me the give me the Badgers. Well, they can't win by one. And I know and a half they can't, Charlie. That was okay. that was facetious. Sounds good. All right, in the Big Ten, I know that Ohio State is the second ranked team in the country, but Indiana, the spread is plus forty. That's just so many points. So yeah, I'm taking Indiana plus forty. Those are the spreads you see against like MAC teams, right? Indiana's not good, but forty is a hell of a lot of points, man. Pretty disrespectful. Well, I mean, I mean, Indiana kind of doesn't really deserve respect, but, well, but that's a lot points. of points. Like you're again, you're basically equating them to a MAC team. Right. That's what you're doing. So I don't hate that. I'm not going to add it, but I don't hate that at all. You said you had one Pac-12. Is that correct? Yes. All right. I also have one Pac-12. I think it's probably the same game. Look at your. Yep, the same game. So I actually have the side. Looks like you have the total. I'm going to take the side here. Washington plus 13 and a half against Oregon in Eugene. Oregon's really good, guys. They've scored at least 41 points in every single game they played since the opening week loss, the beatdown in Atlanta, 49-3. They've been so good on offense. Bo Nix has been just a different human being. Like It's like, are we sure this is actually Bo Nix? But defensively, they're still not great. I mean, Dan Lanning is a fantastic coordinator. We all know that. But 
they have some holes in that defense from a talent standpoint. He'll fix that. He's a great guy. He's a great recruiter, a great coach. But right now, he has what he has, and they've had some issues on defense. Washington is a very high-powered offense, but just about as high-powered as Oregon. They also have some issues on defense. I think this is a rivalry game. I think that Oregon will win this game. I want Oregon to win because that's better for our resume. But I do think that Washington is good enough to keep this within the two-score spread. It's going to be Washington plus 13 and a half. All right. Um... Yes, Washington at Oregon. I'm not picking a side here. I'm going to go with the under 72.5. Like you said, over 70. It's, it's just, a principal play. It's too much, so taking the under in that game. I mean, you could see, like, is there a possibility, a scenario where these teams, like, both score 40 plus? Sure, but I hate betting on that, right? Like, it's just, it's so hard to do that. So uh, I don't hate that at all, Charlie. Um, I got one more. You got any more left? No, that's it. All right, I got one more. We're going to go off the radar here. Let's go to the Sun Belt. And I'm going to take – I don't understand this spread, Charlie. I really don't get it. And I watched Coastal Carolina beat up on, on Appy State last week, last Thursday night. Coastal was only a five-point favorite at home against Southern Miss. Southern Miss has struggled this year, guys. Coastal Carolina is a good football team. They're a one-loss team right now. And they're almost certainly going to – I mean, if they win this game, they're going to have clinched a spot in the Sun Belt title game. They got a veteran quarterback, Jamie Chadwick, just doing his thing every single year there in Myrtle Beach. So give me Coastal minus five. I'm going, I mean, I haven't watched a ton of Coastal. I've watched about a game and a half this year, but I've been impressed with what they've seen. Southern Miss is not a good football team. I'm probably going to go two or three units on this. I'd go more if I had seen more of these teams, but I just don't get the spread. If you look at their yardage margins, it's really not close. Coastal is just a better football team. So give me uh, give me the Chanticleers minus five at home against Southern Miss. All right, let's go to upset specials. We both took Arkansas on an upset special earlier in the show. Um, I'm also going to take Kansas State over Baylor. I know you took the over on the Baylor-Kansas State game, uh, but I'm just going to take Kansas State as the winner. Yeah. Strong play. My, my, my true strong upset special is Arkansas over LSU. Wishful thinking, maybe, but we'll go with it. It's also certainly a, possible, a possibility that Arkansas can pull that one off. Here's one that's going to – this is the, this is me taking a, the ultimate flyer in a game. So Mission State jumped up in one other game last week, Charlie. No one expected it after what happened against um, against Michigan. Well, those guys are suspended after the, the fracas in the tunnel, all that stuff, all that chaos. And they're just not a good football team. But they jumped up and they won last week. And they kind of had a habit of doing that. But what happens is when they win these games, they take another step back the following week. They, they just can't sustain it. And Rutgers is coming to town. Rutgers is not a good football team. But Rutgers is good defensively. And I think that they have a chance here on the road to catch Michigan State sleeping. And maybe this is the game where Michigan State misses some of those guys that were suspended. Maybe they rallied last week and they kind of fall back down to earth this week. So this is the ultimate flyer upset special. Give me Rutgers outright. They're a 10-point underdog. Give me Rutgers outright on the road in East Lansing and beat Michigan State. You know, I like to have a little fun, take a little flyer here and there. All right, you ready for parlays? Let's go. All right, I have a three-leg parlay. It's pretty conservative, coming out at plus 109, taking Oregon over Washington, Troy over Army, and Clemson over Louisville. So you got a three-leg parlay. Scaling back a little bit this week. All right, I like that. I sh- that's going to hit, Charlie. That's going to hit. Well, Clemson. But yeah, Clemson should they should win that game. I'm going to root for you. I'm going to root for you. My parlay, I, uh, I won last week with a four-leg parlay. I'm going to stick with it again this week. Give me Duke. Give me Coastal Carolina. Give me Florida over South Carolina. And Florida stay on the road against Syracuse. All to win on the money line. All together comes out to plus 219 juice. I like it, Charlie. I hit it last. Actually, I had a couple parlays last week and made quite a bit of money off that. So I feel good about this. I think I'm back on the winning track with my parlays. So let's do it again. 
Maybe you should tweet out the parlays you don't share on the show. Yeah, but usually I wait. I will, but like, I usually wait like the last second. I'm, I'm like thinking about it all the way up until like kickoff. But I'll try. I'll try. Maybe all I right. should. You're right. I should. You're right. All right. Well, let's do a recap and then get out of here so people can enjoy their weekend. On my card, I have Vandy plus 17 at Kentucky. Um, Arkansas plus three and a half at home against LSU. Mizzou plus 21 on the road at Tennessee. Uh, Texas A&M and Auburn under 49. Bama at Ole Miss with Ole Miss plus 12 and a half. UNC plus three and a half at Wake. FSU at Syracuse taking Syracuse plus seven. Um, Boston College and NC State taking the under 42. Indiana plus 40 at Ohio State taking the under in the TCU Texas game, which is 64 and a half. Going with the under in Washington at Oregon, which is 72 and a half. Upset specials are Arkansas and Kansas State, and the parlay includes Oregon over Washington, Troy over Army, and Clemson over Louisville. All right, let me see what I got here. I got Missouri plus 21 at Tennessee, Arkansas plus three and a half, and also Arkansas to win outright as my upset special. Give me Ole Miss plus 12 and a half at home against a non-vintage Alabama football team. Oh, this is a tricky one. I don't feel great about it, but give me Vandy plus 17 at Kentucky. Auburn minus one and a half at home against AM. I like that one a lot. Oklahoma minus eight at West Virginia. I think the Mountaineers have quit on Neil Brown. Give me Oklahoma State and Iowa State under 48 and a half. Baylor and Kansas State over 52 and a half. Florida State, who is a very good football team that no one's really talking about, minus seven at Syracuse. Give me Louisville plus seven at Clemson. Pitt minus four at Virginia. Oh, I hate myself, but Georgia Tech minus one and a half at Miami. I also am with Charlie. Give me Boston College at NC State under 42 points. Wisconsin minus one and a half at Iowa in the ugliest game of the century. Give me Washington plus 13 and a half at Oregon. It's a big Pac-12 game. In the group of five, give me Coastal, minus five versus Southern Miss. Again, upset special. Give me Arkansas with a very light flyer on Rutgers um, to win outright at Michigan State. Give me uh, Duke, Coastal, Florida, and FSU on the money line with my parlay with plus 219 juice. All right, Charlie, anything else? That's it for this week. All right, guys. Each week, we're giving you winners and more winners and more winners. So take these and use them to your advantage. Create a new account at mybookie.ag. Use that promo code UGA. Get that 100% sign-up bonus with that first deposit and use these bets to make yourself some cash. But have a great weekend, guys. Let's hope the dogs go into Mississippi State and get this job done heading to Lexington next weekend. But for Charlie, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs. <laughs>